Hey, well, this morning, uh, I just wanted us to think for a couple of minutes about our passions and our priorities. Uh, we all have them. It's at the core of being a human that we have passions and priorities. Uh, you know, this can fall into a lot of categories. We have work, and for much of our life, we have to work. It's a priority because we have to make a living and put kids through school and all these kinds of things that we do. Um, it's great when our work is a priority and a passion. It's wonderful when they line up. They don't always, uh, that doesn't always happen. Uh, for, for some people, hobbies become a passion or a priority, and we've got all kinds of them, travel, knitting, cars, horses, uh, grilling the perfect tri-tip, which if that's yours, uh, you know, we have some open dinner dates, if that is your, uh, your passion. Uh, you know, since being back in California, I've only had one hobby, and that hobby has been going to Costco. Uh, because much like Oakdale does not have a Costco, there is no such thing as a, Ber as a, as a Costco in Berlin or really on continental Europe. Our closest co Costco is London. Um, and so it's really, really hard to get there. So, so my hobby is just where we're living right now, we have three Costcos within five miles. So I just, I just time the samples. I can do three meals a day at the three different Costcos and nobody's suspicious. Like, this dude's just hanging around all day. I've got three different ones, breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's fantastic. It's a great hobby. Um, for some people, their passion or their priority is their possessions. And we have this entire industry, the mini storage, that has sprung up just to store all the possessions that we can't keep in our own space. Um, I read last week that uh, the founder of the, the chain of the public mini storages he just donated $400 million to his alma mater, USC, um, because he's worth $4.8 billion. So he's, he's become a multi-billionaire by storing your stuff, all right? So we're uh, sometimes we, we get passionate and we make a priority out of our home or our property. We have entire TV networks dedicated to this. Um, so there's a lot of things out there that we can prioritize or be passionate about. i got to tell you, the Bible does not in any way, shape, or form paint the picture of a God who is benign or passive or disinterested. We kind of have the, you know, this God who's this great granddaddy in the sky who's kind of low-T and dispassionate and inactively watching history unfurl before him like a really bad television show. That's not the picture we have. We have a picture of a God who has priorities and who's passionate. That's the God that we know and that we serve. And I want to tell you up front that God's passion and his priority, um, it's not our possessions. It's not your property. It's not the car that you drive or a lot of the other things that we tend to prop up in our lives. You guys, God's passion and his number one priority is his glory amongst all the peoples of the earth. This is his number one priority and his passion that every nation, tribe, people, and language, sometimes the Bible even uses the, the term family, that amongst all these people that his fame would be spread his great name would be known, and that all of these peoples would bring worship to him. 
His priority and his passion is his glory. Now, I know for, for someone who's come to believe that their faith is all about them, it might sound a little bit strange to say that, no, it's all about God's glory. Um, unfortunately, sometimes in Western culture, we've, we we've have this faith that it's kind of about my comfort and my peace and, and me becoming a better person. Um, and we, we have a lot of Bible teaching out there. And honestly, we have a lot of worship music out there that puts people in the center rather than putting God in the center. But you guys, this is his priority and his passion. It's about the focus being on him. Yes, think about it. When we focus on God's glory, when we put him in the middle, what happens? We draw near to him. We know him. We can receive his love and walk from him. And honestly, we start to become more like him. Yes, this is not an egotistical deity who needs this. It's not for him, for his sake. He knows that this is the best possible life that we can live to put him in the middle, make him the priority and the passion of our lives. I mean, what's better, that I focus my life on me? That's a recipe for disaster because I'm a mess. Man, we put God in the middle. So what did God do and what does he continue to do because of the priority of his glory and his worship uh, amongst all the people? Well, he sends people on mission, a mission to go and show his glory, to worship him among the ethne, amongst the nations, and proclaim his desire to bless all people. And what's the blessing that God gives well, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing of this relationship with him, both now and for all eternity. You guys, this is the, the definition of blessing. Sometimes we want to define blessing in the form of material possession or money or lack of disease or a hundred other things, and that can be blessing. But that is not even in the same league as relationship with the living God. That is blessing. And you guys, the sending of a missionary people, Pastor Ron, he already said it. I'm just going to reinforce it. This is all of us. It's, it's in this community. It's in this region. It's in this state. And it's to the rest of the world. And it's for all of us. You guys, we could start back in Genesis 12, where, where God sends Abraham and says, you will be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. And we could walk through the entire Old Testament and see this theme over and over and over of God's glory and fame and worship amongst all the peoples and a missionary people that are called to do this. Let me just give you one quick example. In Psalm 67, it says, May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favor on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. The whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Not just the Israelites, not just the Hebrew people, all the people. Then the earth will yield its harvest and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us and people all over the world will fear him. So you guys, God is intentionally called a missionary people as we read through the Old Testament. This was, were the Israelites. 
Um, but now for us living in this era that we live, if you follow Jesus, this is us. God has called us as a missionary people, and he sends us to proclaim his glory and to make disciples amongst all the peoples. So Jesus came. He taught a lot of things. He modeled many things. But I want us to think just for a minute about what he did and what he said between the resurrection and his ascension back to heaven. Because Jesus got super laser-focused on what he wanted his disciples to know and what he wanted them to do. Um, and so look at this. We're going to just blast through this really quick in the New Testament. Starting in Matthew 26, Jesus says, But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Then a little bit later, he says, And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Something about Galilee. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. So Jesus is like, dude, get to Galilee, because something really important is going to happen there, okay? Um, and that's where we get one of the m- most challenging passages that sets the mission for all believers for all time everywhere, Matthew 28. Then the 11 disciples, what do they do? Well, praise God, they left for Galilee. <laughs> Going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Yeah, hey, we doubt, all right? Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And we guys, we could spend a lot of time talking about this is the the inauguration of this kingdom of God, and Jesus has been given all authority. So from that place of authority, I tell you, go and make disciples of all nations or all peoples, all ethnies, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what he said. Go and do this. And he has, just real quickly, we'll just blast through these slides. It's not just this passage. In Mark 16, 15, he says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. In Luke 24, he says, he, he, he basically opened their minds to understand the scripture. And he says, this, this message needs to go to all the world. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. John 20, 21, again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. This is the missionary God. He sends. I'm sending you. And then in Acts, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You get this? this. This is the message. As Jesus was leaving, he wanted one thing ringing in the ears of his followers. He says, this is what it's about. Going into all the world, all the peoples, proclaiming this gospel message, making more worshipers for the glory and the fame of our God. And you guys, it ultimately culminates in this incredible picture in Revelation chapter 7. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count. From where? Every nation and tribe and people 
and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. And, there were, and they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. You guys, does, does that picture move you? I can't read that without something inside of me welling up. You guys, is, 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 is anybody going to be in that crowd because of you? Because of what you've either indirectly or directly done with this life that Jesus has given you, is, is somebody going to be in that crowd from amongst all of the peoples? Danak, saw ich eine reisige Menschenmengen, viel zu groß, um sie sollen zu können. Aus allen Nationen und Stammen und Völkern und Sprachen vor dem Thron und vor dem Lamm stehen. Sie waren mit weißen Gewandern bekleidet und halten Palmswege in ihren Handen. Und sie reifen laut, die Rettung kommt von unserem Gott auf dem Thron sitz und von dem Lamm. Jeder Sprache, jeder Stamm, all die Nationen, every tribe, every language, every nation, before the Lamb, bringing glory and worship to God. You guys, this is what it's all about. I just want to ask you, what are the passions and priorities of your life? You guys, I have to admit that there's times where I'm embarrassed when I look at my life as a whole and say, am I aligned with God or not? And there's so many times when I'm not. You know, you guys, when you look at what we can do in our culture, what's available to us, we can have so many priorities and passions. You know, if I have 17 priorities, I probably don't have any. If I'm passionate about 15 things, they're probably all more of a passing interest than really a passion. You know, as followers of Jesus, how do we align our minds and our hearts with him so that we can say, God is at the center. He is my passion and priority. And from that, his glory and his fame amongst all the peoples of the earth that's his passion and his priority, and I'm going to make that mine. So Mountain View Church, I, I encourage you this morning to be people who are sent. Live as sent ones. You are called as sent people. The missionary God that we serve, he sends you every single day. So live as sent people and continue to send. Today in this world, if every single Christian who is alive, if they were to share the gospel with every single person that they know, there would still be 3.1 billion people who would not hear the gospel. Eight out of ten of all non-Christians in the world do not have relationship with a single follower of Jesus. Keep sending 
You guys, I love this passage in Revelation, but we're a long way off because there are over 3,100 languages in this world that don't yet have the Bible translated. And it's going to take some of you young people who will say, I'm going to give my life to this because this is going to be a 20, 30, 40 year process of going to these people to learn the language, to be the first person to write it down, to understand it at an adult language, and then carefully handle God's word and translate it so that they can even read the Bible or hear it in their language. Man, you parents, raise your kids to be missionaries. To be missionaries here and maybe someday over there. You are a sent people. Live sent. And just as you've been doing in the history of your church, keep on sending.